Welcome everybody. I'm here talking today to Steve Williams, who is currently Head of Maths at King Henry VIII. He's been teaching for 32 years. He started in King Henry in November of 1990, and he is going to be retiring at the end of this term. So we're going to get together today and have a bit of a talk about his journey through those 32 years of teaching and uh, get some really good points out about um, what we've learned along the way. So thank you, Steve. Pleasure. Okay, uh, I'm going to make you sound very, very old. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was that wasn't the intention. <laughs> um, it's the truth, though. Can we, <laughs> could we please start by just getting you to give us a bit of a brief overview of your career? You know, where did you start, um, and how did you you get to the point that you're at now? Well, it's going to be brief because um, because my memory's not so good, and uh, it's probably going to be difficult for me to remember exactly what what I, I have done. My career has been. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to um, uh, yeah, and, and if we we've got to try and keep this to a, a very few seconds per year, otherwise it's going to take an awful long time. So um, I'm thinking back to school, and um, I got I did I did maths, physics, and chemistry at a level but i didn't have any great love for those subjects at the time um and i was a bit i was kind of sport mad so i ended up applying for loughborough and one of the bizarre things i did when i applied for that job was uh when i applied for that place was i applied to go into the um recreation management p department as it was then but i also applied for a place in loughborough in the psychology department to do a degree in psychology so when I was sat in Loughborough and they saw that I'd also applied to the uh, psychology department, the psychology department said there's no way that we're accepting you. So that so that, so that was a, a lesson that was a bit, you know, a kind of slightly stupid thing to do. Anyway, I got into Loughborough, spent three years amongst uh, very uh, able athletes, uh, felt a little bit out of place, was not at all interested in teaching, even though both of my parents are teachers both my parents primary school teachers so I was that was the last thing I was going to do then I uh, realized uh, I took a year out after Loughborough and then I applied to Carnegie because during that year I decided that actually maybe maybe I would give teaching a bit of a go possibly because I couldn't get the kind of jobs I wanted to get in that year and then um, got into Carnegie PE department with subsidiary mathematics and it became fairly clear early on that um, I preferred doing the mathematics and the PE and in fact um, I always remember that um, I was put forward to get a distinction not for PE but for the mathematics because I did a couple of slightly bizarre lessons uh, like um, we did a lesson where I made up a game in the gym where the game had to run had to go around in circles where I was trying to get the concept of angle and I was standing in the middle giving instructions and they had to rotate around me. So that was a, that was a, the most bizarre game of basketball you've ever seen in your life. And then I did another game where some of your older listeners will remember, I think they were called, they were smile, app, smile apps where you had um, vector racing, I think. And um, so children would move. So I, I took I took them all outside and um, I put vectors on this chalkboard and the, the pupils were having to move using these vectors and race around a track. And I'd blow a whistle and they'd move. They'd move depending on this vector. And then I'd blow a whistle again. They'd move depending on this vector. And they had to not bump into the edge of the track because if they did, they'd spin off. And um, the math subsidiary teachers who came to watch that were quite impressed with it. So they put me forward for a. Um, a distinction and then and then um, and I didn't do a very good lesson when I was observed and they decided not to give me a distinction because they said I wasn't doing mathematics I was doing PE so they didn't know how to deal with that really um, so that was so that was kind of but that was a bit of a signal things to come I think um, I then got a job in um, Oxford in Oxfordshire um, in a place called Watlington um, Community College and I did um, so I did one day as a as a community rep, a community sports development officer. That's right. Um, three days as a PE teacher and one day as a math teacher. Um, 
and I just I it, it just became clear as the years went on that I, I was enjoying the maths more and more and the head of maths um, was quite enthusiastic about involving me in the department and praised me quite a lot so um, I thought uh, then I then we finished uh, when I finished there we went to Africa for six months came back uh, everybody what everybody warned me that I you know leaving a job at that point it was a bit of a dangerous thing to do um, I came back from Africa I walked into a school that I'd uh, been in um, they said hello Steve um, what what are you teaching I said I'd quite like to do a job here what are you teaching uh, PE and they said oh okay and I said oh, I do a bit of maths and they said do you want a job um, and they gave me a job that afternoon and I've never stopped teaching since <laughs> oh wow <laughs> um, so yeah so then that was in the days so then I got um, invited down to King Henry by the the two deputy heads knew each other quite well. I got invited down to King Henry to sub for a um, um, a maternity leave, and then when that period ended, I ended up doing another maternity leave. Um, and I think actually I ended up doing a third maternity leave. By which time people started talking in the department, um, and um, yeah, and 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 I, I I was on a temporary contract probably for about two or three years. Um, until I think the head of department was shamed into giving me a job. Then, then I think um, results were pretty decent. Um, I really that they I wanted to do A level. They didn't have a stat statistics teacher. Um, I asked them. I bet I, I twisted their arm to give me money. To um, I said I'll, I'll do if if you let me do the open university modules, I'll do the stats. And they paid for it all. So that's uh, that that's something that's changed over the years because they just paid for my all my open university training I kind of persuaded them that such a really good use of money um, and so I did quite a few modules through this is probably through the 90s um, and they gave me more and more A-level teaching um, and I just um, really started to enjoy it. Between 2000 and probably 2010 through 2012 um, I thought the school got a little bit uh, disengaged from um, other schools and kind of lost. It, 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 it was a, it was a time actually where, um, interestingly, they decided not to have uh, not to have advisors, and so um, not to have specialist advisors. So the the heads of department in Monmouthshire uh, they met as the advisory group with a representative from the authority who wasn't a specialist in mathematics and and we would make we would advise and, and the second departments as well and we would advise things and they'd because everybody was so incredibly busy they, they never got done so um it's it's a good advert for an for you know i feel very strongly that we need an advisory service because it's been a good advert for you know um a school losing track of where it needed to be in respect of other other schools around it if that makes sense Does that makes sense yeah that makes sense so were you a second in department at this point so at this point i was second department so i became yeah. second department i think i think around 2005 um yeah i'd been i'd, I'd done a bit of um because of my um p background uh my first responsibility was in um running the gnvq uh, leisure and tourism and then I'd be and then I and then I was in charge of something GNVQ 14 to 16 uh, for about two or three years which was a a, a larger a larger responsibility um, then I think I I think first of all I had a responsibility um, for something to do with key stage three but I can't exactly remember what it was that's terrible isn't it um, and then I became and then I became second department. But yeah, about 2005, 2006. Um, th back, back in those days, you used to get uh, you used to get responsibilities for things like um, outdoor pursuits and, um, you know, kind of um, uh, being in charge of the broom cupboard. And, um, you know, it was it, it, you, they, they, they used to they used to give them out a little bit more. They, 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 they were kind of um, in line with how long someone had been in service a little bit more than they are today yeah i i was i was teaching at this point 
Um, and um, I had a few I had a few sort of responsibilities that wouldn't be responsibilities now. I can remember can remember that. Um, it all changed when TLRs came in, didn't it? That's right. TLRs, uh, you definitely had to, um, to, 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 to earn your corn with the TLRs. Um, it had to be teaching to teaching as opposed to being related to organisational matters, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so you had you had this period between um, that you're talking about sort of through the the 2000s and um, up to about I think you said about 2012, um, where things were ro- a little bit rocky. And um, what happened then after that? What happened next? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, I'm running up to 2012. We just, it, it just, we weren't focused as a school on um, on English and mathematics, whereas loads of other schools for four or five years had kind of um, had realised that there was uh, there was a shift where people were assessing English and mathematics. So we got ourselves in big trouble there, where we were um, we were setting tests within the department which were making students feel good about themselves because they were getting 70, 80 percent on virtually every test that we put in place. But we were inadvertently maybe making those tests a little bit easier than they should be. And we weren't norm referencing them. So we got a little bit out of touch with standards outside of the school. So at that point, I think the um, the GCSEA star to C results were around about uh, mid 50 to 60 percent a star to c um which for a school uh with a catchment area like king henry um isn't really where it should be so um so then the um the head retired uh no just just before the head retired he pointed me um as head of maths uh so that was 2012 christmas time around about christmas time yeah, so so then so then I so I've been head of department for nine years, uh, and um, yeah, it's been been quite a journey. But that that early part was uh, pretty tough actually, um, and we were under a lot of pressure. And I, I remember one of the first, you know, we were under an awful lot of pressure, and it was that we were playing that kind of game of, um, ha, you know, the, the the predicted grades are very very low, Steve. What are you going to do to raise them? You know, I, I kind of I don't care what you do. Just get just can, can we get higher uh, results? And I remember from Christmas up to uh, the summer that year, I think I played some little game of double and en- double entering. You could do all sorts of things back then. You, you know, we're, we're a bit, bit daft, really. Yeah. Um, all the early entering and all the rest. Of it. When I look back, it was a it was a it was a poor period, really. Um, but uh, yeah, I double entered some students and we raised it, raised it from 55 percent to 59 percent or something um and of course that didn't that didn't you know everybody was uh disappointed with with that standard as well so it didn't stop anything um from progressing that was going to progress with estin uh so we had a bad report um about it a poor estin report um and you know they told us that we were going to be revisited yeah so this is this is 2013 now so kind of uh as i said huge pressure to improve results I was visiting lots of other schools. Uh, I d- can you remember London schools, the organisation London schools? I can, yes, yeah. So London schools, so, were, so London schools were in in the department. Um, EAS were in the department. Estin, I mean, it wasn't EAS at the time, I think, was it? Um, Estin were in the department. Um, we were getting interim reports. Uh, I was getting twice week weekly line management meetings, uh, self evaluation QLAs. You know, it was it was it was pretty heavy stuff really at that time, um, and I felt very uncomfortable because I was getting lots of I was getting lots of advice that seemed at the time to be conflicting, and I just didn't kind of know, uh, you know, where where to where to you know where to even start really to, to try and uh, develop the department. Um, and I think I just got to a low point where I just thought, actually, either I've got to decide what I'm going to do or what the department, what the department needs to do, um, or I'm just going to sink under this, really. Um, so that was and, 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 and a, a really telling time, actually, was when um, I'd been taught we'd been having a couple of departmental meetings and the department came to me and said, um, 
the, 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 I, I set up um, training where the department would go in and watch the person who was doing the London schools um, lessons as demonstration lessons. And they came to me the next meeting. They said, um, Steve, that person's doing everything you're telling us not to do. So that person is just doing all the kind of tricks um, that you're suggesting is not the long term way forward. So we had a we had a bit of a yeah. heart to heart, really, and kind of decided that wasn't as what we were going to do as a department. And we had to get out of the situation of um, short term crisis management. We had to get get into a, a a bit more of a long term plan and that that long term plan needed to be based more around um, learning for understanding, really. Um, so. Um, we talked uh I, I i talked to them a lot about the psychology of learning that i'd um i'd picked up from um skimp we uh there was the uh, one what another person in the department found kind of tina cardone thing which was kind of nix the tricks and stop you know started to talk about how we were not going to start teaching with these uh how to stop teaching with these tricks how we were going to start teaching for understanding um Median Don Stewart became the the kind of um, the go to website. Um, and I think from then things started to look up a little bit. I mean, the, the other big thing that we did at that time, actually, was um, we said, look, you know, if this is going to be a, a bit of a journey, we need to check more rigorously that the things that the children are learning are referenced against a standard that is external to the school. So we put in a um, a, a SATs. We we'd, we'd fairly recently, I think it was 2009, 2010, when the SATs stopped officially. Um, but we put those we put those SATs back in place um, and put a SATs testing regime in place from uh, early year seven, end of year seven, end of year eight, end of year nine. And that uh, tracking process is is in, still in place today. It's still in place today because we feel it's been very important for us to monitor um, exactly where the pupils are. And we we had stacks of data from running through the through 2000 to give us an indication about um, what kind of levels the pupils should get, which would then lead to GCSE levels. So we've used that a lot. Can I just ask then about, um, you know, in terms of you were saying that obviously there was a lot of pressure going on. There was a lot of pressure for results to improve quite quickly. Um, and there were lots of different people involved, obviously, there in a, to support and to help with that journey. Um, and I can certainly see how having lots of different people means that there could be confused messages, even though those messages may all be perfectly valid in their own right. Once you've got too many things going on, that can be really tricky. So I just wanted to ask how you managed to move down your own path, as it were, that you were able to do that. Because I know um, that a lot of people would feel when that you're, you're very much being pushed in different directions. How were you able to say, actually, this is the path we're going to follow and, and this is how we're going to do it? Um well, with hindsight, you're absolutely right. With hindsight, a lot of the things that were being said to me were very wise, in fact. And some of the some of the some of the um, leadership that I witnessed then, um, with hindsight, uh, w was excellent leadership. But I was just getting too many leaders talking to me at the time, um, and so you're quite right. Um, so this is not going to sound great, actually, um, but I became very selective about what I listened to and um, I don't know how to say this I mean I, I think I think I think it was uh, you know I, I, I kind of nodded and said yes but sometimes didn't act on it because I because I had to become I had to become a lot clearer about what I thought was important and what I thought was important was that the team started to progress and started to talk about what it was doing and why it was doing it and started to um to, to 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 put measures in place um formal and informal where, where we would we would discuss in teaching more and more you know um and so anything that bumped up against that or started to encourage the department to 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 uh 
to to use data in a way that was a bit of a shortcut or or to talk about um, uh, things that were very was was real short termism. I would um, pay a bit of lip service to it or in a, or in a departmental meeting, I would gloss over it quite quickly and say this, you know, we've got to do this. So let's get this done because it's something we need to get done. But now let's talk about teaching and let's talk about um, what we need to put in place um, more, in a more long term way. So I, I don't know, you know, I, that, I may not. Maybe it isn't the right thing for me to say that, but that is kind of what was going on there personally. But I don't think it's about whether it's the right thing. It's it's your experience. And I think what people listening are going to be interested is how you get out of that that sort of place. If you're in that, the pressure is on and there's lots of different advice. You know, how do you find that in yourself to then lead lead your team forward? Um, you know, and I think that's going to be really interesting for people to hear because no one way is going to be the same for any one person. I wouldn't have thought. Well, I mean, I think uh, Becky Allen talks really wisely about some of the things that we try to solve in education are kind of um, uh, what what statisticians call kind of wicked problems. They're problems that are just irresolvable. Um, and while and, and so and, and so moving a department forward is, a, is is what she would define as a complex problem. It is a complex problem, but um, it was pretty clearly defined for me because the moment I went into that department, um, they told me that my job was to improve outcomes. Now, in some ways, that's very, very clear, you know, in a way that sometimes things are not so clear for for leaders in schools uh, and they get more complex instructions. But actually, it was pretty clear for me. You've got to raise outcomes. And so for me, I just had to sit down and think, what do I think is going to make the biggest difference in this department? And I've always thought, well, well, maybe not always, but I think I think through the 2000s, I thought, Probably the biggest gain that can be made in a mathematics department, as far as I see, is that um, there is such a huge gap between people who can do mathematics and people who are then good at explaining mathematics so that other people can do mathematics. And I I think I, I thought that was my own journey, by the way where when I started, I just thought I'm I'm just doing what I was taught in school and this isn't, isn't hitting the spot and I need to go and find out how it is that people who haven't learned, math, learned mathematics in the way I've learned mathematics, how they may learn it in a slightly different way and how uh, these concepts may develop be developed in a different way. Um, and for me, that was where, where, I, where SCEMP came in really um and reading about you know and and then reading some um you know kind of psychology of learning mathematics and some of the research material on mathematics um and i thought that that's possible i actually i felt pretty strongly that's where the biggest gain is is to be made and i have to focus on that biggest gain at the moment because they want outcomes i don't know where that makes sense but um that's I felt I felt pretty strongly that's what we had to do. Yeah. So I'm just gonna pick up on a few references you made there and I'll um I'll tag these in to um to the to the sort of notes from this podcast. And that is that you talked about you talked about Skemp. So that that's a book by um I want to say Richard Skemp, the psychology of learning mathematics. Um and then there is also there's a document called um Nick's the Tricks. Um, the author of which I don't know, Steve, you'll have to fill me in. Yeah, Tina Cardoni and um, The Psychology of Learning Mathematics is Richard Skemp. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, those those documents, I'll link I'll link those in at the end so that people can have a look because um, they're, they're definitely extremely powerful in the way that you think about um, teaching mathematics. I've found that. Um, and I think, you know, we so we talked we talked a bit we talked a bit about this just to sort of finish that that sort of bring it to its conclusion if you like that that journey um you've started to move away from any short-term fixes and really think about um the sort of teaching and learning what's going to have the most impacts in the long term um what you know what happened then what happened between that point and now i mean it, it was still it's still really hard work i mean we've, we've never we've we, we've always um still worked very very hard with key stage four they're they're always going to need um you know kind of revision lessons and 
and and and uh, and, and after school sessions and all the rest of it. We're, they're all they're always going to need that. You're always going to do that. Um, but it's such a difference in it. It makes such a big difference in the department when you know that the um, the, the the outcomes that are coming through from key stage three uh, are going to mean that you're going to be okay that you're not going to have external pressure on you and therefore that gives you um, gives you room to develop the department in the way that you want to develop it um, so in t- 2014 we still we still weren't getting um, results that anybody was pleased with in 2014 I think it was something like 62 percent or whatever um, but we were we, were, we we became a department that wanted to try and do a lot of uh, problem solving. We really bought into the idea that actually, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, that this this was the answer that, uh, you know, uh, doing doing lots of lessons, which were, were, were focused around problem solving. So we did a lot of Boland stuff, Dan Mayer, uh, Malcolm Swan standard units. We, we, we introduced those into the department, um, into the lessons quite a lot. Um, the, the, this this was a point. 2014 was a point where people were observing the lesson, and for the first time, people were observing the lessons and and, and giving good giving feedback that they were seeing uh, good lessons. Now I don't I don't hold too much. Um, I've n- I've never been um, too much of a a believer in um, these one-off obs- observed lessons, but at least I was getting some feedback from management, which allowed me a little bit more space. Um, we um, we had another visit from Estin at the end of that year. It, it, it didn't go well at all. Um, and, um, you know, I had eight members of the department and I lost three members of the department. So one of the things. So that was that was pretty awful. Um, and I, fe- I thought it was pretty awful at the time. And it was you know kind of because it was because we'd been working really, really hard. And that's a big shock to a department when you've got people working where you think everybody's moving forward and you lose three members of the department. Um, as it turned out, uh, uh, the members of the department that joined the department were uh, have, been, have been a, a massive positive uh, boost to the department. Um, so um, where are we now? So 2015, and it was into 2015. So so I think the reason I'm I'm going chronologically with 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 a bit more slowly is because 2015 was a was a real shift. 2015, I think our results went up by 10%. Um, and and you know you you could just feel it in the department that the quality of teaching in the department was 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 that much more effective. Um, and we were um, there the, 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 there were uh, positive relationships with, with with getting better. The informal conversations in the department actually that's I should mention that that was a that was a real signal to me that. Um, things were changing a little bit. That actually, in the staff in the math staff room, um, people were stopping and having conversations about what they'd done in a previous lesson, and people were genuinely listening and genuinely kind of taking it on board. And there was much more collaboration. Um, for me, it was a big year because it was the year that I um, I started to think a little bit more about um, how we could develop um more how, how we could develop the, the way in which the way in which the lessons were structured and i was beginning to get more involved in uh looking at a lot of the research around um teaching and learning which everybody kind of knows about now but at the time you know the kind of um uh dual coding and um yeah. you know the, all, all all that you know the, the kind of dual coding and the, and, the, and the kind of um um you know the work around uh, Singapore, you know, Singapore maths type of stuff, and the, um, you know, all, all that, all that, and, and the work that um, around assessment. Um, I hadn't really looked at a lot of that work thoroughly, um, but in 2015, I spent an, a long, long time reading, <laughs> um, and a lot of time researching, and and and, and um, restructured a couple of things in the department. So we um, redesigned this key, re- redesigned the key stage three scheme. Um, into blocks but what I wanted to do was get the conversation so that at the same time teachers in the department were teaching something quite similar so they were all teaching number or they're all teaching algebra all space in right across the whole of key stage three so the department was restructured so that everybody in year seven eight and nine were all teaching the same um, 
general area in mathematics. And so you got uh, someone who was maybe teaching a set three um, in year eight, talking to somebody who was teaching a set two in year seven. They were talking about the same topic. Uh, you got someone in 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 set uh, you know in set um, set two in year eight was talking to somebody um, you know in set one in year in, was teaching set one in year seven, um, and it the, you know the conversations were much more focused, um, and the collaboration was much greater around the lessons. So I think that made a reasonably big difference. I think with hindsight, um, it was the year that we started to think it, we need to measure learning. We we are teaching in a classroom and, um, you know, the, ch the children are participating in the lesson and we get feedback and we're getting better at getting feedback. But actually, we need to find out whether two weeks later they've learnt what they were taught in that lesson. Um, yeah. You know, and I started, you know, there was a kind of work on uh, by kind of Bjork, wasn't it, on memory. Um, you know, there was the, there was the work on um, uh, on. Uh, What's what's the one on on over on on loading uh, cognitive loading um, Kirshner oh, yeah. no it wasn't Kirshner was it, it was Sweller um, yeah and and um, yeah Kirshner was the one who said who said about um, that uh, learning is a change in long term memory which I love that quote yeah. I love that quote because it because it changes everything when you when you think about that quote it just changes the way in which you do lots of things in a department. Um, so I think that it was a, it was a it was a real moving year that one um, for many reasons. And what I want to pick up here is, um, you know, you talk about mo a move from sort of measuring teaching by watching performance, a teacher's performance in a lesson and um, to, to measuring learning. And, you know, can you talk a little bit more about how you sort of thought about doing that? Yeah, so um, we so it's 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 you know you, you you having this lag of um, when you're going to check in on what someone's actually learnt, and so um, d doing that on a short-term basis and doing that with which you know the Daisy um, um, you know uh, Daisy Christodoulou uh, her her conversation about the difference between kind of formative and summative, we were um, we 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 thought we've got to check in ideally and we haven't we haven't uh, mastered this yet actually but and the I, the curriculum having these kind of lags where you are going to check in on someone's learning say two weeks later and four weeks later and um and checking in a fairly um you know in, in in as fun a way as you want to and 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 to make the children feel actually this is all part of their learning um and then also check in when you do your summative learning at the end of the year but it's um yeah, it, it's this shift from that is very, very important part of the process that uh, you, you you need to watch that carefully in order to understand whether you are are making progress, because otherwise you you you, you know, a lot of teachers get shocked uh, when they check in on someone's learning, maybe at a key a key moment, maybe in an examination, which is a high stakes examination. And they think, crikey, they haven't. They haven't learned what they haven't learned anything that I thought they'd learned. Um, you, you know, we to check that on a regular basis is all part of the process. So and the department became some people in the department are wonderful at this, um, you know, and 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 they they feel like like that is uh, a crucial part of, of what they do when they when they when they uh, are giving children feedback. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. And um you know, I, I think back and I think about um, how often you've, you know, I've taught a lesson and you think that this has just gone brilliantly. They got it. They could do everything, all the extension work I set, you know, and I, my brain always comes back to um, multiplying fractions um, because, you know, operationally, um, it's a relatively, <laughs> it's a relatively simple, simple thing. And then, um, you know, you'd come back to it a little while later and it was like it was something that you'd never done. And I, I used to think, why is it that something they found so easy at the time is always the stuff that they forget very quickly? I mean, one that interests me, we haven't cracked area. I mean, you, you can area and perimeter. You can 
seem to be able to 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 explain it in a in a, as concrete a way as you as you, as you as you possibly can and you can get you can get your kind of tiles out and you can you can get your carpet out and you can you can just explain area in a kind of um in a very uh you know we, it's all about it's all about um uh measuring space and we measure that space with squares and you reiterate that time that over and over again but um i'm always disappointed when i go back to area how little they've understood you know you can ask you can ask a uh, a, a, an area question with a slight twist and and and, and a lot of people have gone so um I, I i've never cracked that really um anyone who has let me know <laughs> i know it's a, it's one of the it's one of those conversations you keep having isn't it and i think that comes back to what you were talking earlier about and, and you know those informal conversations in the department because it's definitely something i noticed when i visited your department is you know we'll be sitting and having a cup of tea and talking about whatever we're we needing to talk about and somebody from your department will come in and say oh what do you think about teaching um this aspect of algebra what what are your thoughts you know and that's that's just such a lovely thing to me because it means that that's what people are thinking about all the time they're just thinking who who else can i ask about what they they think about this who else can i um, sort of try and get a bit of knowledge off and then go away and think about it even more deeply. It's lovely, actually, because um, uh, and, and that and that comes from the kind of characters they are. Um, so that's a that's a big part of it as well. I mean, it, you, p people can overstress that it, it, this is to do with um, management, I think, because they, 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 these are characters who are um, outgoing, friendly, um, you know, kind of collaborative characters. So, um, you know, that th there is that element to it as well. So we don't overstate that, you know, you can you can do that with everybody in a in, in a department. But I mean, it, it is something that I'm I, I gives me such great pleasure. I, mean, I was listening into um, uh, them talking about blended learning the other day because um, I'm not I'm not I've not you know, the, the, the uh, head of key stage three was now going to be the, the head of department. Um, you know, I, 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 when I walk out the door, there, there's going to be no difference whatsoever because these people are doing the job. Um, they're doing the jobs of heads of department before I've left, and it's kind of, um, she's run, she's run the key stage three, and it's wonderful the way they've 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 built lessons, and they talk about oh, you know, that lesson that you you did last week, uh, I really really like the way you did that. Um, you know, when we when we when we come out of this kind of this kind of time it's really important that that, that we do that across the department because i think it's, it's a really powerful lesson and just the way they talk in that way now um is really pleasing and i i understand what you're saying about um, you know and they are and you know i've met everybody in this department and they're fantastic characters but i think that it's testament to the the culture in your school and in your department that people are able to feel that they can focus on that. I feel terrible now. I feel like uh, I was fishing. Um, <laughs> thank you, anyway. No, no. <laughs> um, no, they, they, yeah, they, they, you know, it's, uh, it's, um, but, but what I'm saying is that 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 the the way they're working at the minute, it just um, doesn't need any prompting. It's they, they just, they just uh, very effective as a as a group. Um, yeah, so um, I'm not sure where we got to. I'm, I'm a bit lost now as to where we were. Oh, I'm, we something else happened in that year, actually. Sorry, go on. Yeah, oh, carry on, carry on. We're in 2015 at the moment. Yeah, well, well, one of the, something that happened in 2015, I, I was just remembering actually, was I went to uh, to see Ban Ha. I did a two-day two conference on uh, Singapore mathematics, and um, that was that was a that really chimed with me. I mean, he's a he's a brilliant teacher. I don't know whether anybody's seen his his videos on YouTube. But he's a, he's an absolutely brilliant teacher, but um, he uh, laid out a structure for lessons, which I still to this day think is probably the best way of teaching. Even though we even though I don't we don't do it um, because we we do a lot of um, we do a lot of recap at the start of lessons. Um, but he, he this kind of six part structure, which he said was not necessarily a one lesson structure, but this six part um, process of exploration, um, playing around with an idea, a teacher structuring, um, 
so so starting to bring it bring it towards the thing that they wanted to focus on in that lesson um reviewing uh, journaling which was kind of new to me but i thought was wonderful where he just said look i'm at this point in the lesson we just stop and the children um write down what they have learnt from listening to the first part of the lesson now i do i i don't do it enough but i i have done it a number of times and sometimes i just get so surprised by what the child is ex- expressing in their book um about the, the th- about what they've learned from the concept sometimes in a i get surprised because it's so far away from what i was trying to explain and sometimes i get surprised because um it's so wonderfully clear uh and explained using different media so one of the things that um we encourage we encourage them to do and he encouraged people to do was when you're doing your journaling um use symbols use diagrams um use graphs use words um you know you use whatever you need to in order to actually explain that idea that what's in your what's in your head um and, and i've got it on my um classroom wall i've got a poster of da vinci um because i don't know if you've seen da vinci's notes and they are you know pieces of art yeah. and, and and a mix of diagrams and and words and yeah. symbols and I said, you know, th- this guy is the is, is is the best problem solver there ever there's ever been. Um, so maybe our book should look a little bit more like this. Um, so yeah, so that that was that was journaling, and there was kind of shared practice, and then independent practice, and that kind of chimed really well with what um, uh, Doug Lemoff was saying at the time, which was this idea of um, that lessons should move from me through us to you. Um, as a process and that that process I've used a lot with teachers because because sometimes I talk to teachers and they're very they, they, they're kind of um, uh, have, have become like rabbits in headlights not rabbits in headlights, deer in headlights is it deer or rabbits in headlights I think it's rabbits but I presume oh, well, either I'm, I'm, I'm well, I wish I well, what, yeah, what, and, and it's a, you know, sometimes I just think that this teaching process has just got overwhelming. You've been told so many things that you need to do, and you've got to the point where, where you know, you, you're kind of paralysed by it. So I say to them, look, I'm going to, I'm going to observe you, and in that lesson, whatever you do, I just want to see the process of the bit coming from you, me, the, the me, which is kind of, you know, your instruction. I want that instruction to be um, clear um, in a way that's going to help them learn. And then I want to watch you uh, engage with the pupils in a kind of feedback cycle where you're you're building the understanding with them. And then at the end of it, I want you to check their understanding. And then further down the track, I want you to check their understanding in two weeks time and maybe a month's time um, and maybe a year's time. And it, and, as, and if you do that, if you go through that process, you're not going to be far wrong. And in many, many different ways that you can do that effectively. I mean, we could have a big debate about um, certain techniques that research would tell us are more effective than others. But, um, you know, I've seen teachers using many, many different methods for working through that process, which have been which has been very, very effective. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Sometimes we get a little prescriptive about it, overly prescriptive about it. Um, but as an observer, I just that's what I want to observe. I just want to w- observe that process. Until eventually I didn't get to point six in the Singapore maths. Um, you you can see people's doing independent practice, effe- effective yeah. independent practice. And then you've got there. Um, you know, and I think in 2015 that became a lot clearer. And and that and, and I felt like in the department that's much more through the, the process with the, the members of the department were going through. Yeah, that's that's really interesting actually. And I, I I mean there's certainly from my point of view within education a lot of the a lot of these methods which comes back to exactly what you've just said. That's you know that's resonated massively with me there. You know, there's lots of different things we can look at. We can look at Rosenstein's principles. We can look at Lemov. We can look, you know, we look at the Singapore math structure and actually that underlying structure, um, you know, and, and people talk about, you know, guided practice 
modeling guided practice independent practice or i do we do you do models it all comes back yeah. to that structure um doesn't it and you know and that's I think, it does, I think that's really powerful. And when you're observing, yeah, and when you're observing someone, it does make it, it does uh, make the whole process feel a little friendlier to them. Um, that all I will say that look, all I'm going to do at the end of this lesson is I'm going to say to you, um, how did you how did you go about doing these three things? And if you can answer me in a way that you thought about it, I'm going to be fine. Um, you know, because what I can what I will then be able to see is that you want to develop as a teacher. Um, and if you want to develop as a teacher, then we, then everybody can work with you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think there's too much complication um, in, 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 in teaching a lot of the time. And uh, and maybe our job as heads of departments is to kind of simplify what it is we want um, in a very busy schedule. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, yeah at the end so the end of 2000 so 2016 we got some great results i think is that was that was kind of well for for us at the time it felt like a a, a huge shift um in we got up to the sort of 70 percent that we always thought that was around about what um king henry um people should be getting really um possibly as a minimum but you know we, we were 69 70 percent and it and 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 that also coincided with a positive estimate report um and everything started to look a bit rosier and, and and why we were quite confident as a department and there were many people in the department by the way who'd been through estim processes in other schools were very unconfident about um what what we were well what were a bit unsure about the way we were we were we were trying to go and that we should be focusing a lot more on key stage four um and getting the people's results up and that's really where most of our focus should be um and, and that you know a lot of the time we were spending talking about key stage three was it was a bit too much of a distraction but actually um that that and 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 this is why it's difficult because actually um things have changed a lot and you get a lot more freedom when the outcomes improve because people because yeah. what and, and i and i get that completely from senior leadership by the way is that they they genuinely start to begin to trust what it is you're doing and give you a lot more leeway and being given that leeway, if you're pretty clear about what you're trying to do, gives you a lot of room and is it, and is and is a, a much more pleasant experience. So um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So so then we started to work as a department more collaboratively uh, uh, and gained in quite a lot of confidence in in the things that we were doing. Um, you know, and and um, we 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 felt like. Um, Outside agencies that were working with us were um, were genuinely becoming a little more a little bit more collaborative, a little bit more kind of um, believing in in what we were doing, which was sometimes against advice they were maybe they were maybe giving other schools, but they would say things to me like, "Look, Steve, it seems to be working, so um, carry on and, and, and until it you know it works even better or doesn't." Um, and that was fine. Uh, it was that that was the year that the primary school project um, kicked off. So we started to work. Actually, 2015, uh, one member of the department worked in one primary school in a, a doing a, a math project because the school wanted to know how to get pupils to level six in SATs, in teacher assessment. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. And the primary school project uh, then started in earnest. Um, as a mat, as again a, a mat project where we were going to go in and teach. Uh, so the primary school project had six or seven, seven, seven primary schools, six members of the department working for two hours a week with those primary schools. And um, the initial plan was that we would go in and teach five or six pupils who they thought could get a level six. I mean, this is, yeah, I, th I just think that um, the the leaders in the department, um, we, you know, it was it people became quite confident at leading things in the department, leading projects in the department. So I think, um, you know, I, I, went, I, I we started to talk a little bit about bar modelling and a member of the department just took bar modelling and created bar models and talked to the department about bar models. And we've used those ever since. Um, 
you know, but it, it felt like it it wasn't really me pushing that anymore. It was just giving the idea and someone else thinking, that's, that's a fantastic idea. I'm going to use that. Um, and that happened in a number of different things as well. Kind of um, numeracy ninjas registration was a bit became a big thing. And I think that's been, um, you know, that th- th- again, with hindsight, I think that's had a bigger impact than I thought it had at the time that, um, you know, practicing those procedural skills has been crucial. Um and you know that that was that in 2017 that uh, that went across the registration groups, um, and um, you know it, so there was a lot more practice in procedural. I think as a department actually that year, we started to work harder on um, again some of the research that was saying that maybe we ought to spend a little bit more time on um, procedural skills and that the um, and that the problem solving um, should be done very carefully uh at the end of that uh the building up of that procedural um and, and the checking and the reviewing and the interleaving and all the other kind of you know some of those buzzwords that uh, you hear that were, but we, we you know we we started to do a lot more of um just making sure that the basics the the the, 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 the fundamental work was was in place the fundamental skills were in place um and I th- you know, we 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 had the um, we were just getting the uh, the numeracy um, paper, weren't we? So that was we 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 were a bit worried about this because we thought actually we're gonna we're gonna do this at the very time where WJC are gonna test the students on numeracy, and yet we're putting in place a plan where the way in which we approach the numeracy is going to be to after we've taught a lot of the procedural skills, but actually. At the end of that year, we had another big ten um, percent leap in results, um, and went up to about seventy-seven percent. Um, and our numeracy was more or less in line with our maths results. So that was quite interesting to us because we didn't necessarily know that was going to happen. We, but we were we ba- we based that um, we based that, uh, that 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 method of teaching on what we were reading in the research. Um, I mean, in some ways, we've probably overdone that because in the next couple of years, we've carried on doing that. And I think I think one of the next big uh, moves in the department, one of the next big shifts in the department is this idea of, um, yes, teaching the procedural uh, skills really well, but then kind of grouping them together to carefully move towards problem solving, um, where you have a bunch of skills that you're actually then going to um, to, to, to work on in a, in a more problem solving context. That's not to say that at the end of every a, a lesson on a particular topic, we don't try to make it a bit more related, a bit more of a problem solving approach and a bit more uh, you know challenging. But um, we do need to maybe, uh, particularly with the curriculum for Wales around the corner, we do need to maybe start to um, integrate more of those skills in developing problem solving. But I think the department is pretty clear that's the way around it ought to be. Yeah, yeah, and I think what's um, I think I think what's interesting to me is that you you're talking about you know we had the you had these jumps in results that you weren't necessarily expecting, but if you actually look at the timeline, the timeline's fairly clear that um, five years four and then five years after you started focusing heavily on pedagogy and teaching for understanding at key stage three, you had jumps up in GCSE results. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 we and, and and our summative testing was telling us that was going to happen. Um, we we kind of didn't believe it, you know. We we, we were seeing we, we knew what these um, because we were we were changing the SATS results into decimal SATS results, and we could see those decimal SATS results were were were, were moving in the right direction. Um, but we didn't we didn't necessarily believe that they would transfer to GCSE because we felt like they hadn't in the past, but they they did. Um, and so, yeah, we, so, 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 yes, you're right. We, 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 since 2017, 2016, 17, we, we do believe, we have believed that, you know, the kind of results uh, coming through from our summative SATS results, and therefore we felt feel really confident about uh, making predictions, um, and our predictions have been pretty accurate, actually. Um, you know, and and the next couple of years, um, things things tapered off a little bit and we've kind of we we did increase our results every year from 2017 up to 2019 
up eventually to kind of 84 percent and then and then last year was the center assessed grades um and i think we i think and, and that kind of shows you um in the department that we want to be pretty rigorous because i think i think uh, the results dropped with the center assessed grades um but yeah, it, 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 you know, there's, there's a lot of at this stage, 2017, 2018, there's, there's a lot of confidence. Um, we're starting to uh, we become an 2018, we become a, um, a a learning network school department. We very we, we, we start to become very outward looking and the department becomes quite confident that they can feel that they've got things to say to other other schools and other agencies. Um mm. Which I think is a further development of the department. You know, I've, I've always thought that's a really important aspect that actually um, we, we all, all of all of this collaboration with other schools uh, develops people in the department um, as well as other schools. You know, it's a two way process. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think to, I think 2018 we, we're starting to feel pretty comfortable now and starting to uh, um we, we we're really not very worried this 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 sounds a bit arrogant we become i don't mean this to sound arrogant at all we, we we've kind of, we've at this point we've kind of stopped worrying about the results um we've started to focus much more on the quality of our conversations and the pedagogy um mm -hmm. and we've kind of let that go a little bit and started to realize that actually it's the teamwork um that has probably got us to this position and so that's the thing we need to make sure doesn't dip and it's not about is that not the dream of every maths department and every maths teacher i would have thought is to get to a point where you you can stop worrying about results because they're going to look after themselves because you it, are it is but it is but it does, it does, yeah it does. It's still a tough job. I mean, it, it, you know, you talk oh, yeah. to people, it's still exhausted. It's still really, really tough work. But um, you do feel a difference that, that they they feel like they're in, um, that they that they uh, their opinions are valued, that um, the the in in the in the meetings it's um, so you know I think um, there's this wonderful quote about uh, people don't. You, you can achieve, you can achieve a huge amount if you don't worry about who takes the credit. I, I really like that quote, and I and I and I think actually, yeah. um, I, I think I think the department feels a lot like that, and that and that feels really healthy to me. Absolutely. Well, I think in the whole first question that I had for you about telling us a bit about your career, oh we dear. probably summed up absolutely everything that I was going to ask you <laughs> but that's perfect because we've done it in a really nice logical and mathematical chronological fashion <laughs> um, which you know which sits well with me very much um, so I think what we'll do is we'll now just do a little plenary little plenary at the end um, very good and I just want you I just want you to to really really quickly um, tell us um, in the time that you've been teaching in 32, 32 years over that span of time, can you tell me one thing which has changed completely about teaching, teaching maths or just teaching in general, and one thing that's stayed the same? Um, the something that's changed completely. We 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 have gone through a process of of, of um, when I first started, uh, there were things called SMP booklets, and the SMP book, booklets are where uh these these the children would come and pick up a booklet that was was in line with what standard they were at and they would go away and sit down and they'd work through the booklet and your job as a teacher was to um act as a librarian and give the correct booklet to the child uh and mark their work um and i hated it and um you know there, there was there was you know, when I've talked to you about the Singapore maths, there was no structuring whatsoever. There was no drawing ideas together. Um, and we've moved through the years. We've moved through um, uh, maths lessons, which seem to need a, an incredible amount of differentiation to lessons that where it's accepted that there doesn't need to be quite so much differentiation. Um, and we've also 
so sorry i'm saying two things here the other one that's changed hugely is the focus on solving problems and mm. working more on procedural mathematics that's been we've swung back and forth on that um on that kind of um uh, continuum um you know rather than seeing that uh, that actually uh, the one links to the other in a in in a, in a in a in a fairly um uh you know in a fairly clear way i think that's so that's okay. sorry i've sort of forgotten the other part of the question because i talked too much at the beginning um the other thing was <laughs> some, something that stayed the same did you say yeah something that, something that stayed the same what 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 just doesn't change in teaching ever oh the, i i do you know what i people ask me people talk to me a lot they, they try to kind of um uh possibly um uh it's, it's possibly it's always possibly a loaded question i feel when people ask me about the children and they ask me you know oh, the children today and over the 32 years i think the children fundamentally haven't changed at all obviously the culture around them has changed but yeah when you get a bunch of children in front of you they all abilities in my view it's very that you get some exceptions but almost all abilities they will get a satisfaction from being able to understand something that they didn't previously understand and that has never changed that's fantastic that was a very good answer thank you steve um and the other question i want to ask you is i want to ask you about leadership actually and i want to ask you about how the point where you um very much became a leader of mathematics um other than uh, right you know not the broom cupboards um um whatever responsibility whatever it was when, <laughs> when you became a leader of mathematics um you know how how did that if it did ch change your thinking or change your change your habits um yeah, well, for a while I was all over the place, and then I and then I um I, I realised that um people are different to me, and I need to think a little bit more about what motivates them, and I became a lot more circumspect about when I intervened, um because I quite often realised that actually, if you think long term, um a short term reaction can do a, a huge amount of damage to a relationship and to an aim that you've got um, in the in the overall scheme. Um, so I just became a little bit more circumspect and I and I and I started to observe a lot more and, and, and a lot less kind of reacting. Well, that's really interesting. Thank you. OK, final thing now, what would be the your most important takeaway for anybody who is thinking of entering the profession or is just entering the profession what would what would you say what would you say to them i found i found the conversations in 2012 um when people came into the into the school and started to imply that um i was not an effective teacher and i wasn't necessarily challenging the students um i that affected me deeply and uh, it caused me to go away and um, research the job I was doing so that I could feel much more like an expert as a teacher and that I could have conversations with these people where I could um, justify to them why I was doing what I was doing uh, and that it was based on uh, knowledge and understanding and expertise. Um, and um yeah i guess that's it really yeah I, so that i would never feel like that again so your so your takeaway here is is you know take that take that time to 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 look into the research to keep learning i think i think um again uh the very very wise and brilliant becky allen um talking about the teacher gap and talking about um that uh teachers you know it should be it should be a, a kind of five-year traineeship um I agree with it. I, I, it may be a hard thing to, to listen to, to hear, but I think actually it takes a long time and a lot of expertise um, and that people need to kind of almost appreciate that and realise that that this this there's, there's an awful lot of skill in the, you know, in, 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 in becoming a teacher um, and to be able to discuss that skill, to discuss that pedagogy, 
to uh, to be able to reference, um, you know, the, the the expertise that they have, um, I think is important. Absolutely. And I think um, there's something that you said to me when when um, very, very soon after I met you, actually, which really resonated with me. Um, and that was about NQTs and people's expectation of NQTs. And I think you said that um, you felt it was really important that NQTs should be recognised that they're not going to be experts immediately and that that is normal and OK. And it was really important that school leaders gave NQTs the space to improve in the, you know, and the time to improve um, and not expect them to be at the same level as somebody who's been teaching for for five years. Yeah, as, as, a, as a profession, we're not we're not kind enough and we don't protect our NQTs enough, um, in my view. OK, well, on that on that uh, ending, I just want to say thank you so much, Steve. That's been really, really interesting. And um, good luck with retirement. <laughs> yes, well, it's a, the great unknown. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Steve. Pleasure.